0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, Spores, and More with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy
2: Kerala. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on c Sports and Mora Global Broadcasting Network. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping everyone safer. cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. Today, we welcome our guest, Cheryl Jones, a grief counselor, cancer educator, and C. diff survivor through the care and by sharing her mother's journey through a C. difficile infection. Cheryl Jones is located in California, is a marriage and family therapist, educator, and radio host. During her professional education, her first wife was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which was at the time an informally terminal illness with a six-month-to-one-year prognosis. In the eight years that followed, Cheryl engaged daily in the work of preparing for her wife's death. Her received training during this period from Stephen and Andrea Levine, who dies in grieving into life and death, and Richard Olney, founder of Self-Acceptance Training, after her wife's death, Cheryl immersed herself in her own multifaceted grief, surprised by frequent moments of joy. It's a pleasure to introduce Cheryl Jones to you and on our program today, and we thank you for joining us today, Cheryl, and it's a pleasure to have you join us on this program to discuss the impact on mental health caused by physical illness and personal losses. Thanks for having me. Well, we are so glad you're here. And Cheryl, we know that you have expertise and professional training and have educated and have um, counseled so many people in regards to the subjects that really hit home here. And one of them is anxiety. And c- can you share with our listeners what are some anxiety attack symptoms and why do individuals suffer from them?
3: Well, I, I'm, I want to start by kind of differentiating between uh, anxiety and fear. Um, you know when, uh, for instance, when people get diagnosed with a um, uh, threatening illness such as C diff, of course that's going to bring up fears, um, and I think that's very normal. Um, anxiety is more that that feeling of um, kind of spinning around uh, that sometimes isn't even connected to. To events, and I think uh, if we don't if we don't kind of stand up to the fears and illness, it can turn into a kind of constant anxious state, which actually blocks all other all other feeling. Um, I'm sure it's familiar to most people in this culture anyway. That feeling of anxiety, where nothing else kind of exists, and your mind is looking around for all the terrible things. There tends to be a "what if." in anxiety um, what if this happens what if this happens and it's never what if uh this illness goes away or what if uh I feel better tomorrow it's always what terrible thing is coming it's very catastrophic uh in its in its way of talking to
2: us Exactly, and we actually have had patients verbalize with us that they, they're, they're fear and they can't get the negative, like it runs like a record in their head what if and what if and the negative thoughts. How can they replace those thoughts? So, the
3: way that I talk about it with clients is that uh, the what if, whatever it is that's, that's um, catching you in your thoughts, And, of course, it's also happening physically. There's an interplay. You know, your mind's telling your body to be afraid. Then your body's uh, suffocating in a way. Your breathing stops and all that. All that is a normal response to an actual threat. Let's say you're in in the jungle and a lion's coming after you. You want that reaction because it gives you energy. But in anxiety, it just it just replays over and over and over again. There's no, It's a mental threat, not a physical threat. So if you think of that as a wall that you're coming up to over and over and over again, what if, what if, what if? Is that familiar, that feeling? Um, it will actually grow in strength. Um, so if that's happening, what you actually need to do, from my view, is... Um replace it with if then, so what if this happens? well, if this does happen, then what will happen next because there's no answer for the what if if you just keep repeating it
2: exactly and and so, Cheryl, in a sense,
3: uh you have to walk past it um to uh to how you would actually, because ha- the only thing that helps in an out of control situation, uh, when you know that you don't have complete control over the outcome, is to develop trust in your capacity to respond. Uh, it's trust in your response, not trust in making the thing go away, because part of you knows that may not be in the cards.
2: Okay. And, and that's really great advice, and I like that, if then. And, Cheryl, what are your thoughts and views about journaling? We've heard some patients um, begin journaling to help them get through the anxiety.
3: I think journaling is absolutely tremendous for people who are inclined towards writing. Um not so helpful if people aren't. Uh I'm a writer. I love to write, but I'm not a um I'm not particularly inclined towards journaling. Uh for me it's singing. So for other people it might be uh drawing or art. What I would say is that um the arts, writing, music, creating uh, almost anything, has a great power to help us through difficult moments. I think it's a very underestimated power um, until you are saved by it. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was grieving my wife, I sang every single day. Um, it, was, it was a lifeline. It was, it was so helpful. Um, the thing about writing is it's available when physical energy is difficult, uh, because you can, for instance, sit in bed with a journal and write a line and, and you know, nap and then write another line. It's, it's very accessible in that way. And so I do think it has a great potential for a lot of people. But I just wouldn't want to say that it's great for everybody. Um, for some people, it doesn't work. For some people, it's magic.
2: Okay. And that's, that's so true. And Cheryl... Yeah, you would know better than and most of us, but is there a link between anxiety and depression? I sometimes think of them
3: as, as um, uh, sort of two sides of a coin in the sense that um, they're both catastrophic. They're both, uh, it's, all, it's all useless. Uh, it's all catastrophic. It's all terrible. And in one, the the system is completely dulled down. Depression is a very dulled down state. Anxiety is a very amped up state. But I think they have at their heart that sense that things won't be okay, that they won't improve. Um, so I I think they're affiliated, but I find people are generally, of course, we all have some of each at different moments. But people's go-to tends to be one or the other. There are people who kind of tend towards anxiety and people who tend more towards depression. Um, And they do have maybe some slightly different ways of... uh, Some things are helpful for both and other things are more helpful for one or the other.
2: Wonderful. Thanks for explaining that, Cheryl. And Cheryl, you know, there's treatment options available for both disorders and they can be remedied with the help of a professional therapist under the guidance of either a psychotherapist or a family um, marital marital and and counselor or a psychologist. Um, Does one mental health professional specialize in certain diagnosis more than others?
3: Not one category, uh, you just you just mentioned several categories, and just to differentiate them for people who don't know about the mental health pe- uh, field, psychiatrists are the only ones that can prescribe medi- medication. They're actually doctors who are trained in mental health, uh, and I would say they tend to be more trained in um, mental unhealth. You know the problems of of our mental health. The diseases or diseases. Psychologists are trained in testing. They're the only ones who really do do testing of people to try to determine what's going on with them. Um, social workers uh, tend to be trained in uh, in social um, cultural phenomenon leading to individual responses. So they're kind of globally oriented. Marriage and family therapist training is about how people interact in the world with their families, significant others, and community. So we all have a little different training. We can all do therapy. And we all have, you know, for instance, my primary work, uh, which of course then involves all these diagnosis diagnoses we're talking about from time to time is grief work. That's what I have experience in. That's what I am am most uh, excited about working with. But of course, that's a broad category because in every human problem, there is loss. Uh, For instance, we're talking today about this, uh, in the context of this illness, C. diff. Well, there's a lot of losses that might come about as a result of being ill with something like that if it if it is not um, uh, able to be treated and and removed from your life, you might lose your energy you might lose your your um, work as a result of that you might even lose your home or your relationship, so even though the um, the initial thing is the illness. there might be a lot of losses involved, and that 's true in other areas too that most um, diagnoses would involve loss and then there are losses that are that are not mental health diagnoses per se.
2: Thank you so much, Cheryl, and thank you for uh, explaining and um, you know, giving a, a really great explanation of the different levels of counseling and the mental health therapy that are available to everyone out there listening in and we are going to pause for a commercial break already and when we return we'll continue learning more about direct impact on mental health caused by physical illness and personal losses with cheryl jones please stay tuned we'll be right back after these messages
1: The C. diff Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 1-844-4C-DIFF. 1-844-367-2343 one 367 2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks. Because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly. You need disinfectants you can trust.
0: what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: You are listening to C. diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala.
2: Welcome back to C-Diff Sports and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It is a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Cheryl Jones, who is a marriage counselor, marriage and family therapist, educator, C-Diff survivor, and radio host, here to discuss with us the direct impact on mental health caused by physical illness and personal losses. Welcome back to the show, Cheryl. Thanks. Nice to be here. Well, thank you. It's so nice to have you here. And we we ended the um, last segment on talking about different mental health counselors, mental health professionals. Cheryl, maybe you can advise and, and shine some light on the subject with our global listeners about how do you know which mental health professional to seek when you're needing some help?
3: I'm glad for the question because those categories I just gave um, – are just that. They're categories. And, um, you know, I do get asked how to choose a therapist pretty frequently. And actually, um, I don't think it's about the categories uh, per se, unless you have a strong need that has to do with the field a particular uh, therapist is in. For instance, if you... Uh, are experiencing a biological um, major depression and need medication, a psychiatrist is the one, right? Because that's what they do. If you need testing, a uh, psychologist is the one. But if what you're wanting is is counseling, um, is therapy, is help with life difficulties, any one of those categories might be helpful. And what I think most uh, determines whether it's going to be a helpful relationship is actually whether you trust the person. Therefore, uh finding someone you feel comfortable with is vital. Regardless of category, you want to know that the person has some experience in the area you're coming to them for and that you... I, I <laughs> People don't generally do it, but, uh, I've often suggested pick six therapists you think might, might work for you. And there are lots of ways to find therapists now. Psychology Today has a, uh, therapist finder. Good, good therapy has a therapy finder. There's tons of them. You know, find six you feel good about in your area and go to one a week for six weeks. It won't be a waste of time. You'll get six different perspectives on what your, working with, and at the end, typically you'll know, I feel good working with blank, you know. Um, To me, the connection with a client is more vital than anything, and having some faith that they really have uh, some wisdom that will help you, but that they're not um, trying to impose their own ideas, that they're helping you figure out what's right for you.
2: Thank you so much, Cheryl. And should anyone feel that they may be suffering from anxiety or depression or have symptoms of this, uh, it is recommended to speak with a mental health specialist for proper diagnosis and treatment because we know the earlier the symptoms are addressed, the better the chances are recovering quickly and completely. And Cheryl, I I know that you feel the same way too. And we want to just touch on one of the different aspects about and, and symptoms of depression
3: depression I think of as I said as if as a as a heaviness that blocks feeling and um, I want to put in here because we were talking about grief that many people confuse the two uh, people experience a loss of some kind and they have very hard feelings very difficult feelings and they think oh no i 'm depressed um, i don't i don 't consider them to be the same at all. Depression is a kind of dullness. there might be a a kind of rolling um, grinding resentment. Um, there might be a sense of hopelessness there's a, you know always the sense that you're kind of pushing through." to even move a foot. It's a very deadening experience. Grief, on the other hand, has very painful aspects, but it's not dead. Uh, it's full of feeling. It's it's a very lively state. But I think in our culture, as soon as we feel something negative, uh, we, we assume pathological, we assume wrong, and we try to get rid of it. So, I I always like to emphasize that when I'm doing these doing interviews because uh, it's such a, a uh, cultural misunderstanding and grief actually responds to being paid attention to and maybe you do stay in bed one day and and cry you know depression on the other hand responds much better to um, activity and and um, uh, you know kind of um, uh making life choices that uh increase your energy um, and medication i don't think grief needs medication it needs experiencing
2: okay and speaking about moving and um we read some articles uh about the views and experience with exercise during depression do you you know have any uh, thoughts about exercising and, and how the endorphins play into this?
3: Yes, there are lots of things that can release, release endorphins, and, and of course, exercise or I would say movement or activity. Sometimes exercise is a daunting word for people, <laughs> but uh, movement or activity works. Uh, so does meditation, um, so does art, so does music. Anything that kind of gets your inner system going can be a real balm for depression. I think that, um, you know, I, I had a professor in, in graduate school very long time ago now who said, I, I will never treat someone with depression unless they're willing to exercise every day. Well, I've never had that policy because some people are so low, they have a hard time doing it. Sometimes they need an in-between step, but I do think it's quite helpful, absolutely. One of the problems we might be talking about here, though, is, um, you know, for instance, my mother, she had C. diff um, about midway between her diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and her death. Well, she didn't have the energy for exercise, you know, so the, the idea that uh, and, and I witnessed her, that, that was much harder on her, honestly, than the, uh, the pancreatic cancer was. And so I would never want to say you're sunk unless you can exercise. Uh, there are other things you can do uh, to calm your nervous system, to um, address catastrophic thinking, to um, kind of soothe. Uh, and I, I want that to be as long a list as possible for people, and exercise is definitely one of those things.
2: That's wonderful because you know we have a lot of homebound uh, individuals uh, because of the C difficile infection. They're unable to participate in going to the gym or exercising, but. Um, What are your thoughts about getting outside, you know, having the patients and the individuals spending time outside? Do you think that would help reduce some anxiety and their symptoms?
3: For some people, absolutely. You can tell I'm a very, uh, probably can tell already I'm a very, um, pay attention to the individual counselor. (laughs) Uh, because what, work, what works very well for one person might not work so well for another. I think for many, many, many people, though, contact with nature uh, is a helpful, a helpful thing, because when we can see ourselves as the, a part of something, there's less uh, tendency to make ourselves wrong. And there's a lot of guilt that goes with illness, which doesn't make sense, but I find, you know, I work with cancer a lot, for instance, there's so much, what did I do wrong, and what am I doing wrong now, and what if I do the wrong thing and it gets worse, um, and in fact, I would say absolutely nothing, uh, There, even if you're talking about something like smoking and cancer, well, not every smoker gets cancer, Right. <laughs> So there's no magic combination of things that make us at fault for what we're experiencing, and that can really get in the way. But if you are more in your body, and nature tends to help people be more in, and I'm not, you know, obviously in your body is also the discomfort, but that's where you live, too. So, finding a friendly place in your body and noticing how it feels to look at a flower or a bird, or I just was looking at a bird out, out of my window and it and it brought a um, a little smile you know uh, just in the course of things, I think that is helpful, and I think people have to experiment with what things ease what they 're going through. Uh, I have a friend who must take a bath every day uh, or she just doesn't feel well, you know. So I don't need to take a bath every day to feel well, you know. Um, but I need to do other things. I need to be exposed to music. I need to uh, have a conversation to feel well. So um, that's. I think we, we need to create a very long list of poli- po- possibilities for people that then they can try out and see what actually uh, helps
2: exactly and the the, the individuals really need to sit with a therapist or a mental health professional and they can create a list together, correct?
3: for sure and if someone isn't quite ready to go yet uh, they know that they might need a helping other and let's say a, a word about needing help, there's there's kind of a prohibition against that in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not supposed to need help and all that. I consider it, and it's considered a weakness, I consider it a strength. Recognizing when you could, could benefit from help from another person uh, is, is a part of being a well-balanced uh, human being. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of factors, for instance, economics, That prevent people. So I don't want people to feel like if they can't go to the therapist or they're not ready right now, there's nothing to do. Try some things and see if anything soothes. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm obviously a believer in mental health, and I came to that from going to a therapist myself and finding it so, so helpful. And I don't want help to be ruled out for people who aren't quite ready for that because there are a fair number of people. And, and I also want to encourage people that it's... it's um, those of us in the mental health field are not feeling, by and large... I, I can't speak for everyone, but I'll speak for myself. I'm not thinking people who are coming to me are sick. I'm thinking they're in need of counsel.
2: Exactly. And Cheryl, if you don't mind at this time, can you share your website, how um, others can and view your website and get more information?
3: Absolutely. It's www.weathering, as in weathering a storm, grief.com. And it's two Gs, weather and grief, all lowercase, all strung together. And, of course, um, my show Good Grief is on the Voice America network as well. And um, if you just put in Voice America, comma, good grief, I ought to pop up.
2: Exactly. And you do. And I thank you for sharing that information with our global listeners who definitely will benefit from that information. And already it's time for us to take another break. So we're going to pause at this time. And when we return, we'll continue listening and discussing more about direct impact on mental health caused by physical illness, personal losses with Cheryl Jones. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia, for the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org.
2: Welcome back to C-Diff Spores and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It is a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Cheryl Jones, marriage and family therapist, educator, C-Diff survivor, and radio host, here to discuss the direct impact on mental health caused by physical illness and personal losses. Welcome back to the show, Cheryl. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today and discussing this really important and sometimes undermentioned topic. You are a diff survivor and ha- witnessed your mother suffering through the many symptoms related with a difficile infection, and we're terribly sorry for all that she endured. Um, would you mind sh- taking a moment to share the journey you shared with your mother, with our global listeners?
3: Absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um, and was doing pretty well navigating that. Um, I, I uh, Her biggest problem was the traffic going to see the doctors, to be honest. Um, but uh, when it came to the cancer itself, she was coping pretty well. And then, uh, as is not that unusual because your immune system is compromised when you're dealing with cancer and treatment and all that, she got a C. diff infection and that was like entering hell for her um and i think it was partly the physical condition of course and it was also psychologically what that did to her um my mom was a very um put together type of person she always dressed very nicely she was you know rather proper in certain ways and the idea of being out of control of her bowels, of, of um, having, you know, kind of everything pouring out of her, of not being able to leave the house, which she really couldn't uh, because she couldn't really leave the toilet. Um, all of these, um, and having to receive kind of the most intimate sort of personal care uh was very very hard on her emotionally um i i uh, you know once she recovered from that infection and she had several months of life left that were relatively calm and uh she was not scared when her when her dying time came um she was a very um faithful person, pretty religious person, and she really had faith, and, you know, that really helped her in her dying process, but those earthly things, um, which C. Diff was a huge example of, were very hard on her. Being stuck in traffic was just enormously difficult. Um Being ill with this thing that was kind of eclipsing her life uh that was considered for her treatable, and it and it did end up, the treatment did end up working. That was more disturbing for her than the idea of dying, um, which, you know, if it's her time, it's her time, was sort of her feeling about it. But living on Earth with that kind of difficulty was very, very hard on her. Um, so that's why when you asked me to be on, I I really wanted to because i think that people dealing with this particular illness um need support um beyond what maybe their friends or family can give them because um i you know i work in illness so i understood the impact on my mother but i don't think people generally do necessarily
2: no they, a lot, just they they don't. And the clinicians who are listening in who are um, utilizing our program for learning tools uh, are also, they learn more about what patients and family members go through while um, the treatment of a C. difficile infection is in play and then we have our patients and our in you know the individuals who are suffering through and recovering from the c diff infection um they completely you know uh, understand your words and it is very devastating you know to have this infection especially on top of another diagnosis like your mother with the pancreatic cancer you are no sooner get you know battling one and then the c diff comes along and it just it, it compounds
3: definitely compounds and the other thing I find is, um, you know, because uh, a big part of my work, I run a continuing education program on cancer. I run cancer support groups, and um, the things that trouble people the most are these daily things—the things that make living day to day difficult. Um, after after a period of time, it you're not dwelling so much on the on life threat that comes up of course but the way in which people adjust has has to do with is is daily life livable right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's a little different than what you would expect imagining being ill and so um even uh you know some kind of side effect that's not life threatening threatening at all might the thing might be the thing that most bothers a person mm-hmm. and um, so you know taking that seriously for people who have a condition that maybe isn't like for my mom, her C diff infection was not considered life threatening, but it was more bothersome. so the two don't equate. Uh, you know, uh, life threat and bothered by <laughs> they don't mm-hmm.
2: necessarily line up, right? And but it's also like you said, it's the anxiety, it's the depression, the losses that um, that melt. And from maybe any, shame, maybe yeah. shame mm-hmm. as
3: well, which is a huge problem because shame leans us away from telling anyone what's going on. It leans us away from getting support. If you're ashamed of what's happening to you, how do you reach out? Um, Right. Most people find that really difficult. So I think that's a big, my mom wanted to do everything she could to hide how bad it was, but it was in sharing that that she could get any level of, of support and care from the people who loved her.
2: Right. And then we deal with also the isolation. And that's another reason why the C. diff Foundation created the telesupport system, um, for everybody, clinicians, researchers, patients, families, everyone uh, interested in support, not just for C. diff, but long-term illnesses that, that keep them homebound. Uh, and they're, they they do not even have enough energy to go out. And we certainly don't want them at a, at a healthcare facility environment because they're, already, you know, suffering from one diagnosis. They don't need to get something else. So tell us... That's telos- a really
3: good point, Nancy. Because yeah. in, that, in that process with my mom, she had to go to the doctor's office. They made her go into the doctor's office. She lived in a care facility. You know, uh-huh. she lived in a, a retirement community, but she had to go to the doctor's office feeling that ill, and being around all these other ill people to get the care. So that's a big, <laughs> she didn't need to go yet another time out to, you know, <laughs> to get exactly uh, emotional support. So exactly. really, really big point.
2: <laughs> right. And so the patients and everyone listening, um, right now the program became global and is supported by across the United States and uh, accessible in 57 countries. So the support information is on our website www.cdifffoundation.org under TeleSupport or diff Support uh, tab. So we are and we're really excited to offer this kind of support because people have telephones and we and we know a lot of patients when they lose their jobs, they lose their income, they lose internet capability too. So telephones, they, they, they keep going, and, and even you, Cheryl, you offer support through Skype and telephones, don't you?
3: Yes. I can't do therapy with people who don't live in California because of uh, that's the way licensing works. Right. But I, I'm certainly happy to respond to questions and have a short conversation with people if they just need to get kind of routed in a certain direction. Direction, and I do want to mention that hearing other people's stories is a huge resource. And I I do want to um, direct people to my show because I've found that people are listening to it with all different kinds of of um, grief issues. And to me, mm-hmm. illness is a grief issue. You lost your life as it was before, mm-hmm. and there are quite a few people who've been uh, who've faced serious illness that I've interviewed and there's something about listening to a show when you can't do anything else that, and and hearing someone speak a little piece of your experience that can be very, very helpful. And that's part of why I wanted to do the show in the first place.
2: Well, we are grateful for that. And that is so true because in, like you said, you know, we were discussing, there are so many different levels of grief. Uh, It's not just the loss of a loved one. It's the loss of wages, the loss of employment, uh, and the loss of, like you said, the life the way it was. And to get yeah. through that, and Cheryl, can you share, and before we go to break, uh, some techniques that may suggest an individual to help them deal with the stress and the grief occur- occurring right now in their life? You know, the most
3: important thing I would say is um, uh Go in the direction as much as you can of accepting the feelings you have. Uh, Not making yourself wrong for your feelings because any grief experience is full of feelings. And uh, the more we can say, oh, I'm feeling angry right now or I'm feeling sad right now, I'm feeling uh, uh, hopeless right now, whatever it is, Feelings naturally have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and uh, if we actually allow ourselves to physically experience them, not just think about them, uh, they pass on their own, Uh, but I don't think most of us have a ton of practice with that. I had to learn it for sure, and and I learned it when my wife was sick primarily. I had... Some learning about it um, previous to that, but I really, it was like a crash course when she mm-hmm. was ill. So um, saying, of course you're feeling, because mostly what we say is, why are you feeling, or you shouldn't feel. But there's something about saying, of course you're feeling upset. Uh, talking to, developing a, an observing voice in ourselves that actually supports us, I think, is maybe the most critical hub point and leads us to, um, you know, many um, many possibilities of how to get support for those feelings.
2: Okay. And, you know, we're just going to pause right there, Cheryl, and take a quick commercial break. And when we return, we will continue discussing the direct impact on mental health Caused by physical illness and personal losses with Cheryl Jones? Stay tuned, we'll be right back after these important messages.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4CDIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343.
2: Welcome back to C. diff Spores and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce you to our guest, Cheryl Jones, marriage and family therapist, educator, C. diff survivor, and radio host, here to discuss the direct impact on mental health caused by physical illness and personal losses. Cheryl, welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks a lot, Nancy.
2: Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being here with us. And Cheryl, um, before we close this show today, we would like to know, would you mind taking an opportunity to just share some remarks and suggestions uh, for our global listeners seeking mental health counselors and specialists to address their symptoms?
3: Um, sure. So I think there's a few parts of this. One is getting comfortable with the idea that that a stranger in a room listening to you could be helpful. I'm going to start from the basics that I think probably a lot of people don't understand how helpful that can be. So I want to say uh, it can be hugely helpful because the problem with going to family and friends for help is that um, sometimes you can feel as if, you don't want to burden them. You care about their feelings about your illness. You don't have to worry about that with a mental health professional. Um, they are there. If, they, if, they, if stuff is coming up for them, it's their job to leave the room and deal with it. It's not your job to do anything about it. And so you can really talk freely about the most difficult aspects of being ill or facing a loss and um, not have that burden of taking care of the other person. Um, I I will say that most mental health professionals are quite good at what they do, and like any profession, some are not. So trust your instincts. If someone doesn't feel helpful to you, uh, even though it's a, it can be a difficult thing. Find someone else. Um, there's this sort of problem in our profession, like there isn't elsewhere of, uh, you know, it's a human relationship and it's very relationship based. And so you might worry about say hurting the therapist's feelings or, you know, but you are also a consumer. So find a place that feels right to you. That's just vital. And, um, what I'll say when people call me is, I want you to have the person you need, even if it's not me. Uh, because there is, you know, just like any other relationship, you know how you meet people and they're like, you, they could have been your best friend your whole life, even though you just met them. And other people you'll never get that close to. Well, that's true with counselors too. Some fit, some some um, relationships click and some don't, and I think that's uh, really a good thing to pay attention to. It's not like buying a car or something. So um, there are lots of resources online for how to choose a therapist and what questions to ask, so I'm not going to go into that so much because you know people can get that going to Psychology Today or good, GoodTherapy.com. Um, there's some pretty good information out there but just to say that beyond all the things you want to make sure the person knows and has experience with you want to make sure you feel right there
2: and that's terrific advice for everyone Cheryl and We thank you so much for being with us today and discussing these important topics of anxiety, depression, and grief. And as we had mentioned earlier in the show, that should anyone feel that they may be suffering from anxiety or depression or going through grieving process, it is recommended that you see a mental health specialist for proper diagnosis and treatment because the earlier the symptoms are addressed, the better the chances are for recovering quickly and completely. Uh, Gerald, we thank you again for being here and we look forward to your upcoming episodes and we appreciate you spending time with us on C. diff spores and more global broadcasting network. Join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. As we discuss up to date information with topic experts and organizations focused on C. diff infection prevention, treatments and environmental safety products, and much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash c radio. We send out get well wishes, wishes to all the patients being treated and recovering from a C-Diff infection and all wellness-draining illnesses across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, and until next week, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.
1: C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com.